Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to the Sports Preview Show here on the podcast. It has been a fantastic week of sports action up and down the county, as well as an exciting weekend ahead for the Gaelic football, hurling and ladies football sides representing the county. In terms of successes this week, we were celebrating on the double on Wednesday with two schools bringing home national and provincial titles respectively to County Leitrim. First up was Drumshambo Vocational School and their boys cadet team brought home a national A Cup title when they defeated Elfin over in NUI Galway on Wednesday afternoon. We'll be talking to Shane Hegarty, their manager, John King, a longtime stalwart of the sport of volleyball in the school, as well as Radic, Danny and Ronan of the actual team itself. We'll also be talking to Atty MacDonald, coach and manager of the St. Clair's Comprehensive junior boys team who took home the Connacht title on Wednesday afternoon in Athlone Town Stadium in Athlone. It's a great weekend of sporting action ahead. We have National Football League action that resumes with Division 3 for the first time in 12 seasons. Terry Highlands charges will face into a daunting task to Derry, although he does correct me on the use of the word daunting. We'll hear more from Terry later in the programme. While the hurlers are also in action, they play off against Fermanagh in Enniskillen at 2pm on Sunday while the ladies are not to be left behind. Their National League campaign also with a trip to Derry starts at 2pm on Sunday afternoon. We spoke to Hugh Donnelly on the programme last week so we won't be going back to him again this week but we will be talking to Terry about the footballers chances tomorrow evening 5pm in Celtic Park in Derry. Dean Clancy also in action. He was in the Irish singlet this week on Monday. He was beaten in his last 16 bout at the Strangia tournament in Sofia, Bulgaria. So a disappointing week for Dean. But the fact that he was in the Irish jersey at senior level for the first time deserves to be commended. In the meanwhile, Sligo Rovers getting their campaign, pre-season campaign at least, up and running two games in the last week. They drew with Galway 2-all over the weekend and had a last-minute winner from Kyle Callum McFadden to thank for a 2-1 victory against Drogheda United on Thursday evening in Drogheda. More on that later in the programme. Now, let's look through some of the other fixtures and results of the weekend. Before we get into the interviews in rugby, we have a full card for the local sides. Sligo Rugby back in action in the All-Ireland League after a couple of weeks off from league action and they host Malahide in Hamilton Park in Strand Hill 2.30 tomorrow afternoon, that's Saturday afternoon uh, they are in action, a must-win game for them if they want to reignite their playoff hopes or even their league title hopes which aren't completely dead at this point a good run of games will put them right back in the frame in the Connacht Junior Leagues in 1A Sligo host Westport on Sunday afternoon that game kicks off at 2.30 also while in Toom Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club make that long trip to Toom for a 2.30pm kickoff in Division 1C of the league now in soccer we also have some local games of interest Manor Rangers at home to Glenview Stars still kind of on a high from their victory over uh, Renmore in last week's Connacht Cup they will be hoping to continue their title push with a victory over Glenview Stars they had a fairly heavy victory over them earlier in the year double figures in fact in soccer which doesn't quite happen I think it was 10-1 the last time those sides met this time at home Manor will be looking for a big score to put themselves back in the shot of winning the league title and they really have blown that title race wide open with their victory over Carberry two weeks ago so Cartron, Carberry and themselves all gunning for the top spot in that division only once have those teams played against each other so plenty to play for 
in the Sligo Leitrim Super League, while at Premier League level in Division 2, effectively, Carrick Town continue their season and they will host a Raf Kotaro inspired Real Tubber. Be interesting to see whether the League of Ireland veteran will feature this week for Real Tubber. He has played in a few games of late, but he's back in the colours of Finn Harps earlier this week. So it will be interesting to see whether Carrick will host uh, Raf Kotaro or not. He will be on the line for the Real Tubber side either way. It's been a, a interesting week in terms of our awards. We, As you know, we do have an awards scheme where each week we identify uh, athletes or teams that have done phenomenal things and stand out as the team of the week, essentially, to go forward for our monthly uh, Athlete of the Month poll. Now, the poll takes place on the 3rd to the 5th of February online via our website. All the details will be sent out via our newsletter. So if you're not on our newsletter yet, please do sign up. Just go to our website and click on newsletter, enter your email address, and you will get our weekly email that goes out to let you know exactly what's going on with Leitrim Daily and a little recap of our shows, and you can listen to it there. It's just a gentle nudge and a reminder to let you know that we are still floating around and we'd love to have you as listeners on the show. However, we mentioned the, we have been talking about the Athlete of the Year Sports person of the month should i say it will be an annual event but at the moment it's of the month we've had nominations the whole way through january but we will be adding to that as we continue this week's nominees uh, dean clancy on the international stage after his uh, selection for ireland in boxing and unfortunately as we mentioned beaten in the last 16 of the stranger tournament but the fact that he's on the plane in an Irish singlet is a huge achievement. Congratulations to Dean. It's been a whirlwind couple of months for him, winning the seniors, then the elites, and now in an Irish singlet. So the very best look to him as his season progresses. It may put paid to his Olympic dreams for this year. We'll catch up with him when he's home and have a conversation with him about all of that and what the implications of this defeat are for him. I know Kurt Walker did progress through that round, so it might not be great news for Dean on that front. Albeit, he is nominated for Leitrim International Sports Person of the Month for this month. In terms of the national category, uh, with their national title secured this week, uh, we're putting in the Drumshambo Vocational School's Boys Cadets Volleyball Team. Congratulations to them on their success. We're going to hear more from Radic, Danny and Ronan, as well as their mentors Shane Hegarty and John King later in the programme. And finally, in the local section, St. Clair's Comprehensive School, their junior boys football team, for their Connacht B Cup final victory during the week are nominated on the local level. Congratulations to all our nominees. As I mentioned, they will be featured in our online poll and then the following week uh, on the Friday, which will be the 7th, I believe, of February, we will be going through each and every nominee their merits and talking about who will actually win that award. You'll be able to hear those deliberations live on the show in the start of February. That are our net, they round off our nominations for this week. Thank you very much to all the people who have submitted those details and submitted those nominations. And we look forward to hearing who you might be. It's a busy week this weekend, so we expect a good few people to really set the ball rolling and set the world alight this week on the sports pitches around the country and further afield as well, as well as on the local level. We want to hear from everybody. So if your little darling scores a hat-trick for his football team or wins an award for whatever it might be on this, their sporting prowess, let us know. Go to leitrimdaily.com and just click on the awards section and you'll find the nomination form there. We want to have all the recognition that these people deserve for their fantastic achievements around the county. 
Anyway, let's get on with the show and we're going to start with the footballers and their trip to Derry tomorrow afternoon and we're going to speak to Terry Highland about Leitrim's chances this year in Division 3 of the National Football League. Now, it's very rare for Leitrim teams to win titles at national or provincial level, but that is exactly what happened twice yesterday. First up is St. Clair's Comprehensive, and I'm speaking to Anthony MacDonald, who is the manager of the under-17 boys soccer team who captured the Connacht B Championship yesterday. Anthony, congratulations. Thanks very much. Um, look, yeah, look, it, it's, not, it's not every day you get to play in Connacht titles. That alone win them, so look, it was a great day for the school. You say that, but this isn't your first rodeo at that level in terms of a, a, a kind of final. But let's talk about the game. A great start from from your side, two 0 up at half time, and you look to be totally in control of the game. Yeah, look, I, I suppose going into a final, I said to the boys that you know it's very, very important to stamp your mark on the game early on and make sure go out and set the tempo and that's exactly what they've done I suppose after around 15 minutes of the game we went 2-0 up we, the first goal from Cahill O'Connell uh, was set up by Jeremy Giblin a lovely, a lovely play down the right wing and the second goal was uh, a fine individual goal by Lena Clancy we really you know we, we did set set the pace early in the game we probably created a couple of good chances we didn't take them and you know in general, in the first half, we we dominated the proceedings. Um, obviously, then at half time came. It's, it's kind of when you're winning the game, it's the last thing you want to happen because you have no momentum going forward. So it's always hard to kind of get them and regroup. And to be fair, Ball came out in the second half and, and really put up to us. You know, they they pressed us hard, they worked us hard, got got a goal. You know, a fortuitous enough goal, albeit. And they got a, a second goal from a free kick, uh, just from the edge of the box. Once they got that second goal, I suppose our own boys they really lifted their game again, you know. And we we created a couple of good chances into the second half. We just we just couldn't convert them. Now there were a couple of incidents maybe for VAR to have a look at. Uh, it didn't go your way though. Uh, two goals ruled out during the game uh, for various reasons. Yeah, the the first goal was uh, well ruled out for offside. Um, it was with a free kick around thirty thirty five meters out. And the Clancy played in over the top. Our lads followed the ball in after it looked like after it was struck, um, squared it, and one of the lads finished the net. But the linesman called offside, so you have to trust the linesman in that situation. Well, the second goal came, I suppose, with two minutes to go before the penalty shootout. Uh, corner came in. Keeper dropped the ball and it was struck to the net. Now, I, I myself, from where I was standing, couldn't see any issue with, you know, no one jumped with the keeper or seemed to impede the keeper, but a free was given out for for, for whatever reason. But look, these things happen in football. Um, unfortunately, at Connacht level, you don't have VAR, so... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Even though the at Lone Town facilities are pretty good down there, uh, not quite at that level just yet. Now, your team, obviously, you mentioned a couple of names there, but you're you've got a fair few national league players in your ranks, as well as some of the the local talent that we've seen playing for Manor Rangers. Yeah, we have. I suppose our captain Peter Maguire um, playing with the under seventeen Sligo uh, Rovers team um, for the last two seasons, and last year he got under seventeen Player of the Year. And he was an under 16 at the time. So that's a, that's a fair achievement, uh, an individual achievement, I suppose, for himself. 
We also have our two centre midfielders on the day. We had Aina Clancy, who was with the Sligo Rovers under 15 development squad last year, and he has now been brought into the under 17, so he again has an under 16. And we have Conor O'Connor, who was just recently signed for Longford Town under 17 as well. So we, you know, we've we've good strength in the team in those areas. And then we have a lot of good lads from our own uh, our own club who are still playing with, with Manor Rangers, and like they're not far off that level. You have Patrick Montgomery there, who was with the uh, Sligo Rovers under fifteen development squad last year too. So we have a lot of lads that will be you know pushing to I suppose aimed towards them high standards. Well, listen, Anthony, let's finish off the game yesterday because obviously for the second time in a week that we're talking to you, it's a two-all draw. It's level after five penalties each. It went into sudden death again. You seem to like the dramatic down in Manor Hamilton. <laughs> I'm not sure if I say I like the dramatics because I tell you one thing, I was probably the most nervous man standing watching the lads hit the penalties because to be honest, it's for, for young people especially, it's a hard way to finish a game. Obviously, if you're on the winning side of it, it's great. But if you happen to be that one person that does miss the final penalty, you know, it's it's a tough one to stomach. And uh, to be fair, as I said to the lads, I go, look, when you get to that stage in the game, you know, you, you try and keep a wee bit of composure in that. But, but penalties, you know, on the day, any player can miss. And as I said to them, you see professionals miss, you know, week in, week out in the Premiership. I go, these things happen. Uh, one bit of advice I gave to them was, when you're standing up to hit that ball, pick a spot, you know, believe in yourself, go for it, don't change your mind, and just, you know, if if it goes in, brilliant. If it doesn't, keep the head up, you know, then you rely on your keeper, you rely on the next man to score. But to be fair to our boys, the five lads that stuck, stood up to hit the penalties, all five converted them well. Um, so, look, it's, it's, it's great for the lads. Listen, Anthony, congratulations. A massive achievement uh, to win the kind of cup, I suppose, it is in, in, in soccer to give it its proper title. Yeah. Uh, huge achievement for the school, for yourself, for the team. And uh, I'm sure we'll be keeping an eye on those lads as they progress through the National League underage seasons later in the year. Well done. Cheers. Thank you. Now, this weekend sees the return of National League action in football and hurling, and I'm joined by the football manager, Terry Highland, to talk about his game against Derry on Saturday. Terry, welcome to the programme. Thank you. Terry, it's a a daunting enough task. Last year's opponents in the Division 4 final, we all know how that game went. We're now in Division 3, work with the slightly larger teams in terms of Derry and Cork, first two games up. How are things in the camp ahead of the weekend? Well, things are good. The spirits are good. OK, we're still short a few players due to injuries, but that's the way of the world. And every squad in Ireland is the same. Uh, no, no, we're looking forward to the campaign. Daunting probably is a very strong word to use. I wouldn't use that. I think that uh, it's about how competitive you can be and how you look at it and what your outlook on it is. People look at different challenges in life. has been daunting in one sense, and other people just take them in their stride, and it depends which way you take it. And um, I think that we're in a quite a good place at the moment. The whole county was lifted by the exploits on the pitch last year. And I suppose, how's the squad comparing to that of last year? Have we any many new faces in? 
there's a few new fellas in there and uh, we're looking at some of the under 20s and there's some exciting young fellas coming through and I have to say that if, if again, I mean, they, they, they have to step up at senior level and it is a big difference from playing under 20 and it is a big difference in playing where in Division 3 to Division 4, lads, what the pace of the game is faster taught sense you have to think faster you have to do things quicker and that's just where the challenging is for Leitham is it's not that there are any different or any worse footballers in Leitham than anywhere else it is it's about the speed and the intensity you play the game at in terms of let's talk about the FBD competition earlier in the year how how significant is that in the grand scheme of things or is it just another game over and done with well, it's another game over and done with. But people can you can read into it any way you want. People last read into it about a good game against me. Oh, that set us up for the year. And the probably other people read in and said, what a bad game of the year. Oh, that sets them up for a fall. That's not the way I look at it. Every game is taken on its, on its own merits. It's taken on its uh, separate to everything else. And you mean every day you play a game, it has no necessary bearing on the game, the game that you're going to play on the next day. And uh, it will maybe with personnel and maybe that type, that type of scenario. But, you know, it's... It is what it is, you know. I mean, we're not running away from the fact that uh, we weren't happy with what happened on the day uh, and that we weren't happy with the result. But hell, it's over, and we have to just prepare for the next one. Now, there's a train of thought out there that it actually was a bit of a masterstroke to be beaten so badly in that game with so many first teamers away, with Sigerson with injuries, a suspension or two, and and the lads away on on a personal weekend. Is it about setting the, the bar low so that expectations aren't massive and that you're going to come in with the other teams and even our own supporters maybe not quite expecting the heroics of last year, but it, it gives you that opportunity to build again as we build through the league campaign? Look, it's all about taking things in balance. It's, ne- it's neither ma- Look, if things go well, people might say it's a master throw. If things go bad, that's the way they were. Everybody will take, they'll form their opinion anywhere, everywhere they want to in the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's, Come back to your point and you use the word expectation. I always like people to have expectations because in the end of the day, if you get up in the morning, you have no expectation for that particular day. Well, you know, and it's a waste of day, a waste of day in your life. And it's no different in sport. You have to have expectation and you have to want and you have to, you know, thrive and thrive to get that little bit of an edge and to get up that little bit further. And that's what we will be doing these nights. I suppose people looking at the eight teams in the division before the fixtures came out, Everyone kind of would have predicted Derry and Cork to be the top two teams in the side. Unfortunately, we have them in the first two games. But the other five teams that are with us in that division, which of those are you, are you targeting to really get the points that are needed, maybe the five or six points that are needed to stay up in Division 3 this year? Well, to be honest, we will target every game. We will target Derry and Sahara. And if we don't get something out of Sahara, we will go home disappointed because we will target every team in every game the same because you have to. Because otherwise, then you're, you're, you're narrowing your window. You're saying, well, OK, we haven't got a hope in them too, so really we don't start. So instead of being the number of games we have, we're taking it away too from them again. That. And we don't want to do it that way, and we don't want to look at it that way, and we certainly don't want to portray it that way, because we feel that we can go out on Saturday and compete with Derry and get a result out of it. And that's the way we're going to go to the game, and we will be disappointed if we don't get something out of it. So, you know, the other teams as in are probably looking at the same and okay, they look at the big two and I suppose they have been traditionally the big two, but then there's a reason they are where they are. That is because they didn't win their games in the higher divisions and they slipped down. So, you know, it probably is a little bit of a mental thing for them in one sense is that, you know, we are supposed to be the big guys. How do we get ourselves up to play the minnows in the country? And, you know, it's psychological things work both ways, but we were certainly would not be right now after the first two games. 
in terms of the overall season. Of course, this year sees the introduction of Tier 2 in the All-Ireland Football Championship. Are you excited about that? Well, most people would know me. I don't get very excited about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I take things on a level, especially in sport. Look, uh, somebody else said that to me with Tier 2, and I said Tier 1 or whatever it is. In the end of the day, you're in the championship. And I suppose the way I look at it is, on the first round of the championship, everybody's in Tier 1. It's only when you're knocked out of that championship you go to Tier 2. So, Tier 2, back door. Okay, what is the difference in it? Possibly you don't beat Division 1 or 2 team in the back door and you're into a more competitive back door. That's basically what it is because no team bar Division 1 or 2 team has come through the back door to get to an Ireland final anyway. So, it's back to being a competitive competition for, for the teams that have bowed out of the Tier 1 Championship. And that's the way I would look at it. So, if you're good enough, you progress in the initial Championship. And if you're not, you're reverted back into this particular competition. And see how that runs and how it's run. I suppose it's a bigger thing than how it runs because it'll run good enough. It's how it's promoted. How the uh, people in Crow Park, you know, and you, we've heard people from other counties walking away, oh, with Tier 2, I've no interest in that. Because... There is a glamour and there is a big occasion in playing the big teams, even if it's a team that you are probably not going to beat. But that big day occasion is a big thing for inter-county footballers. Yeah, in terms of the mood in the camp about it, has it come up in conversation with team meetings or even just anecdotally? No, it's never been mentioned. I'll be honest with you. And you know what I mean? To be honest with you, I would always take one competition at a time. It's a long journey win until next May. A lot of things can happen before a championship starts. It is a competition. It's no different than bringing a rule change. Now, a lot of people talking about the mark now. It shouldn't be the forward mark. It shouldn't be brought in. But hell, they're late talking about it now. Why didn't they talk about it five months ago when they were talking about it? Before coming in, anybody who would be involved in the coaching side and the playing side would know the mark, what the result was, but the biggest problem was the rules around the mark kept changing. You know, you didn't know this and you didn't know that and really they never settled on a rule, full rule on it until about three weeks ago. So, you know what I mean? For example, if a forward catches a ball and doesn't take the mark and he turns and the back tackles him, it's automatically a free and 13-yard penalty. We didn't know that when the mark was being brought in. I'd say nobody knew that. This thing has only been introduced later. So it's a bit like the budget. It's not the budget you have to worry about. It's the add-ons two months later. Yeah, it's funny because there was a lot of confusion in the press box at the Roscommon game in the FBD League when defenders were catching the ball and they were claiming a mark and getting a free kick from a defensive point of view. And I've seen that in the Mechanic Cup as well. And don't get me wrong, I am not the best man in the world to be up on rules, but I'm not too sure that's actually written as a rule. Okay, so there's still a lot of grey area around these new rules that have come in in January. Yeah, and even the referee. And it's going, look, don't get me wrong, it's it's going to be impossible to, to police it. It's going to be impossible for a referee. Like you take, for example, team comes forward with the ball, takes the ball in across the 45, plays it back out again. The referee has followed play in maybe to the 21 because that's where it's got. Someone turns and punts it back out again and then it's kicked back in again and someone makes a mark. The referee is still in, possibly close to the where the initial... Uh, tackling zone or landing zone was and yet he isn't a clue then where the ball is kicked from because he, he you know I mean where we have lines on a field unless you're right beside them or looking down on them you don't know where anybody is standing No absolutely can, what can supporters expect on Saturday Terry w- will it be more the same from last year or have you got new plans in your locker 
well, we would hope, and again, it's all ever I would ask of anybody. I mean, people talk about plans and people talk about tactics and the people talk about it. We can get an intensity to our game and a pace to our game that will match the teams in the higher divisions. That is the first plan. That is where we need to start at. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I've been a long time involved in football and everybody's marvelled about tactics and tactics and tactics. Tactics are fine and they do work, but there has to be much practice. So will we change that much from Nasha? Probably not. Will we try and get the intensity levels and the paces up? Yes. Excellent. Well, listen, the very best luck to you. It's 5pm throw in in Celtic Park in Derry against Derry in the first round of the Division 3 National League. The very best luck to you and your team on Saturday, Terry. Thanks very much. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the Anthony MacDonald interview, this is a fantastic day for Leitrim this week on Wednesday when we won not just one title, but two in the shape of Drumshambles Vocational School's Cadet A boys team who won the All-Ireland final in NUI Galway on Wednesday, as I mentioned. I'm joined by a couple of members of the team and a few of the staff associated with the team. Shane Hegarty, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having us, Breffney. No problem at all. Thanks for inviting me out. Shane, tell us a bit about the game on Wednesday. I suppose the semi-final was played in very quick succession beforehand. Two days beforehand, yeah. So it was a very short turnaround for the lads and it's tough for them to get a bit of rest in, but they managed it, thankfully. Uh, the day of the All-Ireland, it was... A long warm-up, so they had to kind of keep the focus, which is the biggest challenge for them. I suppose they came in as favourites, really, and it was about maintaining that focus for them. They did it very well. First set was very close. It was kind of point for point, and Elfin pushed us all the way, in fairness. But then the second half, I think our quality came through and maybe our experience from the junior All-Ireland as well. So they kind of maybe edged us over the line. Now, it was cadet competition, which is under 16. Yes. So tell us about the kind of the makeup of some of the boys that would have been on that team. What, where are they in their educational cycle? So a lot of the lads would be fifth year, so they'd be doing their leaving cert next year. They're just after doing the junior search. We had f- four members of the team that were doing the junior search this, uh, this year as well. So they had a lot on their plate to kind of concentrate on. So they did very well in that regard. Let's meet a couple of the lads. Let's have a chat with Ronan Moore. Ronan, I understand you were the MVP of the, of the final. Yeah, uh, there was lots of contenders to be fair, but I was just lucky to get it. Very modest. Talk to us about the game and what was going through your head at different stages, because the first set in particular was very tight. Yeah, we just tried focusing on getting the ball up and into the setter at two and a half. But uh, yeah, I know Elfin kept with us now in the first set to be fair, but the second set we just kind of ran away with it at the start. And once you kind of got that momentum in the second set, it only ever looked like there was going to be one winner. Yeah, yeah. Once we went a few points up in the second set, you could kind of see it that it was going to come through. Now, volleyball wouldn't be a traditional sport in this part of the world outside of Drumshambo School, which has been doing it as long as I can remember. I always remember seeing volleyball in the Leitrim Observer as a kid growing up. What other sports do you play? We play Gaelic, soccer, handball, a bit of rugby as well. And which, where would volleyball, in your opinion, fall within that in terms of your priorities? Would it be... Gaelic football or would it be volleyball at the top of the, the food chain? Oh, it'll be Gaelic at the top, yeah. And then when school, volleyball kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a quick chat with the captain of the team, Radic. Um How nice was it to lift that trophy on Wednesday? That was good. Like We were training really hard for a few weeks and it was just good to reach the final. Just a few it. weeks? About a, co- a good bit now, a few months. Like. <laughs> You've planted a couple of years, I'd imagine, <laughs> through the ranks. Um Again, talk about that first set on Wednesday because it was tit for tat the whole way through and 
at one stage you needed a bit of a push to get back into it yeah it was hard like they kept at it they keep they kept uh, pushing the ball back at us but look at we just stayed in the game and just won it how important is volleyball to the life in the school here uh it's been the main sport in the school like uh, we wouldn't get too far in the football but we're always getting a go go away in the volleyball and Danny McQueenie, one of the members of the team as well. Danny, we usually meet each other on the sidelines of rugby games, yeah. but this is slightly different. Yeah. In terms of your involvement on Wednesday, what was it like uh, being involved in, in an All-Ireland winning title? Oh, yeah, no, I only came on in the second set, but it was nerve-wracking enough even coming on now to watch it. Yeah, that was good though. Talk to me about the day because you would have left here very early to get to or to Galway. NUIG was the, the venue, but you're playing Elfin. It almost seems like a huge journey to Galway for both teams to yeah. play each other when there's only 10 or 15 miles between. Yeah, we're gone at 10 o'clock, and as Mr. Hegley said, the warm up went on for a good 45 minutes, so we're just waiting on things to happen. And then I don't know the game got going. Then does the environment and the surroundings make a difference to when you're playing, say, here in the Mayflower? Ah, yeah, there was a big crowd over there. We brought a load from our school, so yeah. There was noise made over there anyways. A bit of noise and a bit yeah. of atmosphere and excitement. Yeah. How nice is it to be involved at that level? Because we've all been involved in sports where you show up and it's the two teams and maybe a referee and maybe a couple of the parents come along. So when you go to a big event like that, does it take any adjusting? Ah, yeah, like an All-Ireland is an All-Ireland at the end of the day. Like it's something to have and you're going to always remember it like once you get older. Now, we couldn't really talk about volleyball in Drumshambo without having a word from uh, Mr. John King, who's synonymous with the sport over the years. And John, talk to us about volleyball in Drumshambo, because you're, you're retired now. You're no longer a member of the staff. That's right, yeah. But you've been here as long as, as you can remember, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I came to Drumshambo in 74, and uh, people find it hard to believe it, but to people around that time... Uh, Drumshambo was a volleyball crazy place in 1974. It was brought in by Porrig Noon in 69-70 and uh, it just took off and at lunchtime teachers that were all young and they were playing with pupils and there was leagues within the school and that went on you know for the first 20-25 years uh, you know regular leagues for, for juniors and seniors. So it, it, you know, I came into a, you know very vibrant situation, and it was maybe a year before I touched the volleyball myself. Yeah. So yeah, you missed the first year, but you've got the other forty odd or so. <laughs> in terms of the sport, because it's not traditionally a strong sport in, outside of maybe the urban centres in the country, Dublin, Cork. Why has it taken a foothold in Drumshambo? Why has it stayed in Drumshambo when there's no real club or there's no real kind of funnel outside of the the school for people to get involved? Well, I'd say it's. Uh, it's passed on, you know, like um, these would have trained with the seniors and even after the seniors was over, the seniors came in to help them. And I think it's, it's just the continuity has never been broken. So it's passed on, passed on all the time. It, it's sort of like a relay, you know, and, uh, and it's passed on at the high standard. So like, I think that's the secret that there has been no break in it, you know, that uh, it, it's been kept up there the whole time. I suppose the bit of success always helps as well. And over the years, you've had some really, really good successes at all levels uh, in the sport, in the, in the town. Uh, 
Yeah, we've had great success, but uh, I, I mean, I would always rate every training session is if they're out there laughing and enjoying themselves. I think that is the most important thing because many years we, we never won anything, but there was often just loads of enjoyment uh, down there in the hall. So, you know, that's, that's the most important thing in sport, really. Let's go back to Shane for a second. Uh, Mr. Hegarty, or as the, as the boys yeah, might know uh, you, in terms of the sport and I suppose the future of the sport within the, the school, what else is available in terms of obviously these elite lads that are playing at a national level in turn and we've spoke to Garth Gilmartin on the team before who was captain under 19s at national level this year so in terms of of what's available within the, that sport here like there is that opportunity for international athletes can we see any of these lads maybe in a green jersey in a few years to come uh, I definitely think so yeah there's great potential for them once they keep up the work rate um, we showed they've two All-Irelands already we'll be going for another one next year with the seniors so we're hoping to get a hat-trick with them and Hopefully they catch a few talent eyes. I definitely think there's a the potential there for them. No pressure, lads. You just put you down yeah, for an All Ireland yeah. already. You're you're the team to be taken down, because it must be remembered that sometimes we hear about successes and they're at B level or C level or even D level uh, at county or school level. This is an A, a final. This is the best club, or best school, should I say, in the entire country. It doesn't happen that often in Leitrim. No, I think so. I think that's one of the good things with Drumsham was that we give them a chance to compete at All Ireland levels. I think it's one of the great draws to the, the school as well. Um, yeah, it's not a B championship, not to do, belittle a B or C championship, but it's nice to have the A beside it, I suppose, and know that you're the best of the best at that level, uh, for that year at least anyway. Lads, in terms of the realisation, I know you're very young and you haven't quite maybe got the idea that this doesn't happen to everybody every year. Like, Do you realise how big of an achievement that actually is, Ronan? Uh, yeah, like it's starting to sink in now, but... Uh... We'll hopefully go for another one next year, yeah. And next, next Thursday as well, we're away. So what's happening next Thursday? We're playing the Northern Ireland champions. Oh, it's kind of like a best of the best of yeah, champions kind right. of event. Excellent. Well, listen, the very best look in that. Thanks very much for having me out. It's been lovely to meet you and to, to catch up with you. And congratulations on your fantastic achievement. Thank you very much. Thanks, Just very briefly, I'd like to thank uh, Drum Shambles School for all the support they give for Mr. Fallon for getting uh, teachers to cover our classes so we can go away in these trips for additional coaches the likes of Mr McKeown who also came in Miss McBarren who took the team for a day as well Miss Shanley who washes the uh, uh, jerseys every week when I drop them in late to her and Mr Shan who also has been training the lads as well and basically all the support we get in the school we couldn't do it without them so I think it's very supportive of them to allow us to do it Excellent I think yeah. I hear a bell there let yeah. go lads you better go back to class uh, thanks very much for having a chat with me And that, folks, is all we have time for on the show today. Thank you to everyone for chatting to me, to Terry, to Anthony, to the lads in Drumshambo, Shane, John, and the three boys, Radic, Danny, and Ronan. It was an absolute pleasure to chat to so many national and provincial champions this week. Long may it continue for County Leitrim athletes. Uh, to our nominees this week, the two teams I mentioned, Drumshambo and St. Clair's in Manor Hamilton, and also to Dean Clancy for his fantastic efforts in the boxing ring, in Sofia in Bulgaria, in that Irish singlet at senior level for the first time. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, bringing this show, week's show to you. The very best look to all three National League sides who kick off their campaigns this weekend. Just a reminder, the men's football are in action in Celtic Park in Derry tomorrow afternoon, Saturday at 5pm, while both of the Hurlers and the ladies footballers start their campaigns at 2pm on Sunday. The girls are in 
Owen Begg in Derry and they play the hosts there while the boys hurlers are in Enniskillen for Brewster Park against Fermanagh at the start of their Division 3B campaign. Uh, the girls in particular and, and the hurlers will be looking to put together really good league campaigns to build on the, the really good work that's gone on behind the scenes over the last couple of years. We will be back on Monday with a roundup of all the sporting action. Talk to you then. <laughs>